you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks on a Monday. DJ Bucky, Rhett, back together here. And uh, guys, incredible. What are we calling this? The Super Wildcard uh, weekend, I believe we got a super in there. Uh, either wild card super weekend or super wild card. This is a super. It was super. It was a super performance uh, uh, for the league. Some incredible games, some compelling games. Uh, so much to get to here. We had the move the sticks bowl, which was the third or fourth. Yeah, there you go. For third or fourth uh, iteration, I think. Is that right? Third or fourth inter- iteration. Bucky Brooks, uh, yeah. again, gets his hand raised once again in an incredible game with the Jags and the Chargers. We're going to get to that a little bit later on. Uh, but I say we start, and that was impressive. I say we start where it finished, and let's start here with the first one we saw, or the last one we saw, saw I should say, Ravens-Bengals uh, taking that game in last night. Uh, it was a game that, man, you could say one play decided the game. I don't know you'd be far-fetched on that one, Rhett. What did you think? Yeah, well, I, I felt like, uh, you know, if Mutombo was watching, he'd have really appreciated what Logan Wilson was able to do on that play and that goal line stand. And you can call the Tyler Huntley. Yeah, that's it. Give me the finger wag. That's right. That's right, Buck. Um, visuals help, I think, in this situation. And and 
when Tyler Huntley goes back and watches the visual of that, he'll realize that, you know, yeah, that that's probably not the best place to pull the, let me just stick this thing over the plane uh, and try to over the goal line, try to break the plane and, and look great work by Logan Wilson, getting that ball out of there. And then Sam Hubbard, you know, got up to like 18 miles an hour on that bad boy, running that thing back. Some nice work from his friends downfield as Mark Andrews nearly got to him there. I mean, that was the game. That was essentially a 14 point swing could have been seven for the Ravens to take the lead ends up seven going back the other way. And that's, Essentially, you know, the deciding factor in the same. Obviously, there are plays earlier in the game and, uh, you know, in each of the previous quarters that would have, you know, could have tilted the game a little bit either way, too. Um, But this play, I think, goes in, gets into another point that I'll make later on about the Ravens as they now pack things up and head back uh, back home to get ready for next season. Um, But I think you got to really question, you know, is 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 that the right call? And and were they trying, you know, really just to have Tyler? you know, a more traditional sneak, right? Just kind of push it in there, get the guys pushing from behind rather than the up and over. Um, I think you can talk a lot about that, but you also got a pretty good running back back there in J.K. Dobbins too, uh, down there on the goal line. So uh, he was it was not quite as heavily involved in this game as I thought he would be, but uh, we'll get to that here in just a minute. Uh, but it, look, it was, I don't know, did we come up with a name for that play? DJ, you're kind of the the creator here. Like, do, do we have a name yeah. for that that stuff and score essentially at the at the goal line? Ooh, uh, I mean, I, it was kind of a Bengal barricade down there at the goal line. You know, they just—they're not letting anybody mm-hmm. through. That's top okay. of the head. That's no preparation. That's just—that's just what really I can give good. right there. Uh, as as, I like the stuff as we get score. Bucky's thoughts in this game, that's that's solid. I, I do want to remind everybody: if you don't remember, if you followed the Move to Six podcast for a long time, you will remember this: that uh, once upon a time, Sam Hubbard. Huge draft crush of one <laughs> Bucky Brooks. He talked about him yeah. on 19 consecutive path to the draft episodes the year that Sam Hubbard came out. He was. He Take your was victory my lap. guy. Every yeah, look, path to the draft. Whenever you got to pick somebody in the second or third round, hey, Sam Hubbard fits right that here. This guy. This is my guy. <laughs> no, <Nah>, um, <laughs> it was my guy. Um, here's what I say about the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals have the toughness and the versatility to win the AFC again. I believe right now they're the most complete team in the AFC because they can switch styles. They can play with their offense leading the way or their defense leading the way. In this game on Sunday night against the Baltimore Ravens, we had an opportunity to see the defense have to lead the way because of the way that the Baltimore Ravens made this game. And so when you're looking for a team that can go the distance, you have to be able to win with more than one pitch. And so as much as I love Joe Burr and company and the way they throw it around the yard, it's really the defense that comes up with timely plays over and over again for this team. And I think that is going to be vital for this team to make a deep postseason run because when you look at the rest of the playoff field, they knocked off the Kansas City Chiefs the last three times that they played them. We'll see them match up against the Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills have issues when it comes to turnovers that we'll talk about later. Um, This team has the makings of being a team that not only goes back-to-back to win the AFC, but I think they can get it done in the Super Bowl because they have all the ingredients of a championship team. Yeah, and you hit on that, Buck, uh, with the defense playing the way that they played. I wanted to touch on Burrow and this offense a little bit because the box score doesn't look, you know, it doesn't look super impressive. You score 24 points. Obviously, seven of that comes on the defensive touchdown. You know, Burrow throws for 209 yards. They don't have a completion over 20 yards. The run game, you know, you get 51 yards, two point in a carry. It's like, okay, this is a, a borderline kind of a putrid performance. But then you look a little deeper and you think about the playoffs and you look at Joe Burrow taking what's there, 
Not trying to be too big, which we talked about in the run-up to the playoffs, is, is incredibly important. They're two for two in the red zone. He doesn't turn the football over against a really good defense that knows you really well. I thought it was a clean game, and it was just enough there from Joe Burrow, and it did show you kind of the uh, you know the whole team effort that they had there, and, and that's why I think they're a dangerous team. Now, injuries on the offensive line have me legit con- concerned. I mean, it's just been one after another after another. So that is something to keep an eye on as they go to take on the Buffalo Bills uh, next week. But uh, again, an impressive performance by the Bengals is a complete team win. Uh, how about the defensive, or sorry, the other side of it here, Buck? Uh, let's go to the Baltimore Ravens. What was your takeaway there? Well, let me follow up first with you and Joe Burrow, because we'll talk about coaching experience and how it matters in postseason games. I think coaching experience combined with what your quarterback's IQ is, I think that certainly goes into it. So whether or not Zach Taylor knows how to manage the game, when your quarterback has a high IQ and understands how to play winning football, I think it certainly matters. And so when you talk about Joe Burrow taking the check down and understanding situation and circumstance and those things, man, a great quarterback can also match some of the deficiencies. And we'll have that discussion later on. And thinking about quarterbacks for the Baltimore Ravens, look, man, I think they're at a crossroads. They're at a crossroads because I'll say this. I'm very disappointed that Lamar Jackson didn't show up for the game. And I know that we live in a world in pro ball where every injured athlete doesn't go, but I think it speaks volumes when your franchise quarterback is not on the sideline. And look, it could have been a legitimate thing with the knee. You don't want him to fly because of swelling and all that. But I just know how valuable it is to the team to see the franchise quarterback in the building on the sideline, assisting the backup quarterback. Everybody on the Baltimore Ravens screams uh, his virtues and how he's the best leader and all this other stuff. But in this moment, they needed him. Even though he wasn't going to play, maybe he could have talked to Tyler Huntley about how to go over the top. Maybe he could have been the calming influence on the sideline during some of these tense moments. I just believe the Baltimore Ravens are at a crossroads because there appears to be an alienation between this team and the quarterback. And they got to fix all this acrimony if he's going to return, because this team cannot win with an unhappy or disgruntled quarterback, a franchise quarterback of that, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it was interesting. I got a couple texts about Lamar from uh, personnel executives around the league during this game, and it was interesting to hear the different sides of it, one of which was what you just said, Buck. I, you know, okay, if he can't play, that's one thing. He should. He needs to be there. He needs to be there on the sideline. I don't know what went into that decision, but for him not to be there, and the question was posed to me, what other starting quarterback – that's that's injured but doesn't show up to a playoff game like who who what other quarterbacks are doing this like this is this is rare exactly. territory here exactly there should be there should be an explanation for that 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 that's a, that's a bad look and it it does speak to kind of a larger issue that they have relationally uh, between Lamar and the organization but the other text that I got was uh, I do not dispute Lamar's injury uh, PCLs are really difficult two of the best players I was around had their their uh, careers ended with this injury and there's no surgical option. So I think we can say both things, uh, Rhett. I don't think we're straddling mm-hmm. the fence by saying, hey, you know, I-, I like to see him be there, be there on the sideline, support his team, uh, but also saying, hey, I-, I also understand he's he's not able to play. He can't play. It's a, it's a different injury. It's not like some of these other injuries that people have referenced an MCL or a high ankle or what have you. It's, it's, a, it's a real injury. It's a very difficult injury. I don't, I don't ever... Uh, you know, make decisions or think less of somebody for not playing with an injury. But I, he should have been there. He should have been there on the sideline. Yeah, I think I get that part, too. Um, and and look, I, I just feel like the whole situation is like unraveling. And for a while, even though there weren't, you know, direct comments about where the contract negotiation stood from either side, it felt like both 
both parties were kind of keeping the negotiations between themselves for the first part of this thing. And then now, like as this as this thing has gotten worse and we knew that they weren't going to negotiate during the season and it was over at that point and they try to figure out after the year. But now with the injury complicating all this and Lamar trying to get his side of the story out on Twitter um, and you got him trying to def- essentially to defend himself. And then now he's you know, he's got some. kind of cryptic quotes that he's out there with on Instagram. And, you know, you treat uh, certain people with respect and that respect will come back to you. Uh, Paraphrasing here, there are other types of uh, the the quote was was something a little bit different, but essentially gets to the same point. And you wonder, like, where are we with this thing now? And I think there's some there's a a reckoning that here that has to happen between these two sides to try to smooth this out. At least that's the way it appears now. Uh, from the outside looking in, maybe it's a little bit different on the inside, but I think if it was, yeah, maybe you would have seen Lamar there um, in more of a visible role in a visible leadership role there for his team. Uh, the other part of this thing is, you know, I, I just think as you look at the Ravens piece of this from the game, like how much would this season, like how much different would this season have been with a healthy Rashad Bateman and a healthy JK Dobbins the whole way? Um, I, I thought we'd see more of JK Dobbins in this game than we did. It was a, it was a true share with Gus Edwards. They, 13 carries for JK, 12 for Gus. Um, but JK was out there popping off five, five a carry essentially almost uh, with his 62 yards on those 13 carries. I'd love to have seen him more involved. And then Rashad Bateman, we hardly got to see, you know, this year. And, and I think that's a big deal because they're just had, you know, there was not enough on the perimeter. It felt like for much of this season for in any of those quarterbacks to really be successful. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, I think those two guys healthy to start next season, if they can get this Lamar situation worked out, I think this offense and this team feels a whole lot different. And, you know, let's throw Ronnie Stanley in there too, uh, who was, who was banged up for much yeah. of the last two years. It feels like. I just think overall talent wise, when you look at the Ravens and you look at who they're going to have to go through in the AFC, uh, with these quarterbacks and these offenses for the next yeah. decade, it just feels like they're good enough to be in every game and they're bad enough to be yeah. in every game, if that makes any sense. I just feel like they're kind of stuck um, where they That's are right. right now. We'll see what they do in the offseason. All right, let's get to another game here. Giants-Vikings. Um, Buck, this was a game I think none of the three of us were surprised by this. I think all three of us thought the Giants were going to go yeah. in there and get a win, and that's exactly what happened. What was your takeaway on the Giants side of things? Uh, my takeaway is, you know, it, it, it's funny. Uh we always talk about team building, and a lot of times we spend our time talking about player acquisition, the draft, free agency, and those things. But there's something to be said for player development. And what Brian Dayball and his staff have done, they've taken a bunch of pieces that were brought in under Dave Gettleman, and they've got those pieces to flourish. So when you really look at the game and you look at the best players that showed up in this playoff game, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, Xavier McKinney, all played key roles, all drafted by the previous regime. And so I think what we have to always understand is that they work hand in hand. Coaching matters in this league. And what Brian Dayball and his staff have been able to do is unlock all the talent and the potential that maybe the previous staff saw when they made those picks. But ultimately, it has to go hand in hand. And the Giants have advanced to the division round because they've upgraded the coaching and the coaching has certainly gotten more out of the talent than previous years. Yeah, and I mean, Daniel Jones needs to get some credit. I feel like because Brian Dayball did such a nice job with Josh Allen, and he's done a great job here with Daniel Jones, but I mm-hmm. feel like all this credit has gone to the defense and how well that front's played, rightfully so. They've done a great job. All the credit's gone to Brian Dayball. Beautiful scheme, beautiful play design. Let's give the quarterback some credit here, man. He's playing at a very, very mm-hmm. high level. He's protecting the football. That's winning football. 
He's using his legs, which makes them more difficult to defend. For a team that doesn't have an array of weapons on the outside, I think those guys are a little underrated and they've played you know, better than what the expectation was. But his legs add another weapon to complement Saquon Barkley uh, in this offense. Uh, to me, look, they have a decision to make in the offseason. They're going to have to commit long-term to, to either Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones, and, may, and maybe it's both of them, and they could franchise the other one. Um, that's going to be the decision. I know one thing. There's enough teams out there that need quarterbacks. I would not roll the dice on uh, on franchising Saquon Barkley and then saying, okay, we'll, we'll we'll let Daniel Jones test the market and hopefully we can do a you know what we what we uh, term a fair market deal. You're going to have to go over the top to pay either Saquon or him and franchise the other one because of the positions they play. I would be franchising the running back mm-hmm. and I would be trying to work out a deal with Daniel Jones and Rhett, people people might scoff at this. Uh, when I say it, but I think his contract, knowing with with where Rodgers is now, knowing that the Herbert deal is going to mm-hmm. be coming before long, the Joe Burrow deal is going to be coming before long, you're going to have 50 is going to be the number where all those 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 rare guys are. Yes. This mm-hmm. number is going to have to start with a four. He's going to make $40 million right. a year, and people are going to say, Daniel Jones, $40 million a year. You're crazy. Look where it's going. Look where that mm-hmm. market's going. And if I'm if I'm on his camp, that's that's where I'm starting. Saying, hey, we want forty million dollars a year. And, and and I know. Go ahead, cue it up. I'm sure people are gonna freak out. Oh, you're crazy. Well, exactly. That, that's what he's gonna exactly. Get. We heard the same thing about Kirk Cousins back in the day. You remember Kirk Cousins is gonna get yeah. over twenty million dollars yeah. a year. And people are like twenty million for Kirk Cousins. That's yeah. the market. The it is change. what it is. That's yeah, what the market is. Yeah. And you know what? All of that outrage will fit the narrative surrounding Daniel Jones's entire career in New York. And you know what kind of kept coming yeah. back to me at, at, at the risk of, uh, of of drawing your ire once again, DJ? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make another movie analogy for you. Um, this one nice, does not nice. involve Home Alone, though. Uh, this one, I, I kept thinking about Batman. I kept thinking about the Dark Knight, right? In, in that quote, like, because he's the hero Gotham deserves and not the one, but not the one it needs right now. Well, like for the first three years of his career, felt like he was the hero that New York deserved, but he wasn't the one they wanted at that time. But mm-hmm. now he's not only the hero New York deserves, but he's the one that they they absolutely needed. And he showed up on Saturday on Sunday. And, you know, for three years, they hunted him. They tried to tear him down. But you know what? He could take it. And he was the silent guardian and the watchful protector, uh, as the quote goes on. So, um, you know, I, I just I feel like that's a dude that kind of you know, shuts out all that outside noise, all that criticism. He's not that outwardly vocal, um, you know, it, it's all about me type of guy, but goes out there and has the most prolific performance by a quarterback, perhaps in Giants playoff history. One of only three quarterbacks to have a 300 yard passing game in the playoffs in Giants history. 78 rushing yards, best rushing performance by a Giants quarterback in playoff history. Like it's just He did everything they required of him, and he did it to the absolute highest level. Um, So I I think, you know, and just to get back to uh, just to get back to the Batman reference here, um, like he should be wielding a huge bag of cash as he jumps from rooftop to rooftop, restoring order for the Giants in the NFC East. Like that dude has played his way into that contract, and I'm 100 percent with you. Put the four in front of it. I got, I got to step in because I feel like Red spent all night in his bag with analogies. I think Red had too much time to prepare the other show. I, he yeah. had all kinds of stuff. I mean, like, he went a completely different way, DJ. I, I feel like now 
I'm gonna have to start bringing more books in and more quotes and more poems <laughs> and all kinds of other stuff to drop into the thing. I'm done. Because Rick just went leave. on a soliloquy that has blown my mind with the amount of analogies and things that he brought in about Daniel Jones. Oh, you know what that? You know the only thing. The only thing I take from this is the fact that, you know, maybe two weeks ago, Kana, his wife took off the restrictions, so he's allowed to watch PG-13 movies now because it was That's strictly right. PG-13 right. references, yeah. and now we've moved up well, was to Christmas PG-13. Time. It was Christmas movies. You yeah, know. She's giving you a little freedom. She's giving you a little bit of freedom yeah. over there. That's that's nice on her part. Um, let's get to the other side here with the Minnesota Vikings. Last play of the game. If you if you don't follow Kurt Warner, I, I highly recommend that you do. Our colleague here, a Hall of Famer, the quarterback, he did a great job on Twitter breaking down the final play and, and really kind of defended Cousins to a degree because – you throw underneath the sticks with your your season on the line. It is baffling. It makes no sense. When you look at the All-22, Kurt does a good job of breaking it down and kind of showing you. You've got Hawkinson, who's trying to chip on the way out. Uh, that's why he's underneath the sticks. You're getting double covered down the field with Justin Jefferson on a high corner. And there's By the time that, that in cut on the top uh, that everybody's pointing to kind of pops, he's already got Dexter Lawrence in his face. Now, my thing is, I would, even though Justin Jefferson's doubled, I'd still rather throw one up to him beyond the sticks and hope that he can make some type of miraculous play, which we've already seen him do, uh, go see the Buffalo game. I, I'd rather take my shot on that. At least you've got a chance uh, versus hoping you're going to break a tackle uh, to, by your tight end and somehow fight your way past the marker. So I I understand it, it didn't give Kirk a lot of options, but it's either on the play design, it, it's on the players. Either way, it, it's... It's another example of kind of this situational football that wins and loses playoff games. You don't have the right call. You don't have the right decision, and the game's over. Um, it was really that simple. It was a back-and-forth game, or it was a game that they had a chance to go down there and extend and keep alive. Um, but it's those individual moments, Buck. It's That's the playoffs. You know, We talked about the Bengals and the Ravens. One play, yeah. knowing where you are as a quarterback, not being secure with the football. One play, game over. This is the end of the game. Try and extend the game. You throw. You have a play design. You end up throwing underneath the sticks. You don't give yourself a chance, man. Like that's why so much of practice is dedicated to these situations, and they mangled that one. Yeah, they mangled it. And so it, it goes again to we talk about experience in these moments, playoff experience, particularly when it comes to coaching. Because in that moment, what you're looking for when you're a player, I need my coach to help me out. I need my coach to find a way to get my best player open. That is what the tactical part of the game is. And so when we think about Justin Jefferson in the last three games, DJ, he just totaled a little under or barely a shade over 100 receiving yards in the last three games. When we think about the playoffs, as much as I love role players and X factors and those things, in the playoffs, it's about the stars. And the coach's job is to find a way to unlock the stars so they can make a big impact on the game. For Justin Jefferson to have one catch for three or four yards in the second half, it's inexcusable. You have to have other stuff in the bag for your number one option, probably your best offensive player to get loose. And the fact that they didn't, I mean, it's an indictment on Kevin Connell and the coaching staff. And I will say this because I love what Kevin O'Connell has done with his offense. But in these moments, you got to find a way for your best player to have a huge impact on the game when the game is hanging in the balance. And that other stuff does not include being the throwback person on the QB throwback that goes for a five yard oh, loss no, uh, no as he was with Kirk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you're right, but I also think the giants deserve a lot of credit for, you know, finding a way to deal with Justin Jefferson, essentially, you know, played a ton of quarters coverage, ton of 
played a ton of cover three, essentially had a Dory Jackson and a safety basically dedicated to Justin Jefferson, either inside out, underneath and over the top on just about every rep. And they gave him a, a pretty healthy cushion on most of those pass plays. And I, I just felt like they were content on that first drive. I mean, they found they found JJ for a couple of short ones. You know, hit a hit a slant here, hit a, hit an in here, hit an out there. But they that was cool. They were okay with that as long as he wasn't banging his head on the goalpost, running free. You know, through uh, through that giant secondary, they were okay with that. And uh, I thought that Wink Martindale had a, a really nice game plan. They didn't blitz a ton in this game. They didn't have to. Dexter Lawrence was a wrecking crew, um, and you know you had uh, Kayvon Thibodeau in there doing doing his thing off the edge too. And I, I just uh, felt like it was a great plan, and they executed it to perfection. And I wish I could say the same about the Vikings defense. And they, I don't know yeah, what the no plan doubt. was. And I, I, I just no. I just feel like you got to it's tear this thing down, right? I mean, it's you know maybe build around Daniel Hunter. Uh, I know he's had the you know some injuries that he's had to deal with that has caused him to miss some significant time in his career, but he's the best you got. And I, look, I love Harrison Smith as a player. He's been one of my favorite players for the last couple of years. I, you know, how many great years does he have left? Um, I think, you know, we talk about a guy like Patrick Peterson, Eric Kendricks, who, who have you know been in the league and, and in Kendricks case has been with the Vikings for a long time. I just, you know, those guys can stay around, but like you need to find some dynamic playmakers at all three levels. And it feels like the Vikings have tried to in the secondary in particular, and just haven't hit. So they got, they got a DJ when, when you go back and you do the, you know, the, the hits and the mez, meh, um, when you grade their draft picks next year, like they got to be all hits um, because they, they need some help on defense. No doubt. They got to put the bat signal up for some defensive playmakers. Uh, all right. I'm done there. All right. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. <laughs> He's so fired up. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. Talk about a game that was close for a long time. And I did not see that coming. The Dolphins and the Bills. We'll dig into that one right after this break. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 
With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, let's jump into this game, the third meeting between the Dolphins and the Bills. The Dolphins go on the road with their third-string quarterback, and oh boy, we had a ball game. Uh, they only lose 34-31 Dolphins right in that ball game, uh, down to the very end. Uh, unfortunate penalty, which I'm sure we'll touch on here uh, in a minute. But uh, let's start on the winning side of this thing with the Buffalo Bills. They win, they advance. Uh, Rhett, what was your takeaway here with what Buffalo was able to get done? Uh- well, look, I think, you know, there's a lot to to kind of dig through here on Josh Allen's performance. And I know we will. He continues to kind of skirt that fine line between, you know, wanting the ball in his hands and feeling like he can do everything possible to win and then also doing too much and having some of those mistakes creep up. But I, I think on a positive note for Buffalo, you know, you're one of those teams that's been really good. One of the best teams in the league the last three, four years now. You're picking way down low in the draft. You got to hit on those picks. I think we we all can, um, you know, here on this podcast and what we do, like you understand the importance of, you know, when when you've got, you know, a lot of money committed to some really good players, you got to find ways to maximize those draft picks. And they really have this year. You know, you look at Kyir Elam, I think, uh, you know, has had his ups and downs this year as a rookie corner, as most do. Um, but man, um, you know, no Dolphins receiver more than 70 yards in this game. He had the pick, got his hand on a couple more uh, balls. And so, like, I just. I feel like he played really well in coverage. Khalil Shakir, uh, some big third down catches, had an explosive. You know, he's going to be a guy that they're going to count on. because You know, you're already paying Stefan Diggs a ton of money. How much is Gabe Davis going to require down the road? So Khalil Shakir is a guy they're probably going to have to rely on uh, in an even bigger role the next couple of years. And then James Cook, you know, this year, again, just showing how dynamic he can be. That touchdown run, so easy to see that high gear shift change that he has and just provides another element to this offense where they can attack you. I just wish maybe you could use him just a little bit more in some of those situations and prevent some of these turnovers that we've seen the Bills offense have these last uh, really kind of eight weeks, you know, second half of the season and it continued into the regular season. So I just I thought they had a really nice performance from their rookie class, kind of giving them what they needed at the right times. Yeah, nice, nice work there by the young guys. You know, I want to touch on the turnovers, though. You mentioned it. Josh Allen fumbled the ball yeah. three times, only lost one of them. Yeah. Um, you have the two interceptions. He got sacked seven times in this game. If those numbers are anywhere close in this next game against the Cincinnati Bengals, their season's over. They, they have got to clean a lot of this stuff up. You know, you still go score 34 points. You still see Josh Allen with those you know, incredible plays he can make down the field and take nothing away from him. It's just got to be cleaner. 
we talked about Cincinnati, and while they didn't produce like you'd want to produce overall, we thought they played a pretty clean football game. I think that's going to, you know, I'm kind of pushing this thing forward here versus backward, but, you know, this is going to be a heavyweight matchup between the Bills and the Bengals, and they have to play a much cleaner brand of football uh, offensively, and Josh specifically, if they're going to keep moving on, Buck. You know, DJ, it's funny, it's funny because in watching the game, I think the Miami Dolphins put out a blueprint that the Cincinnati Bengals can follow. If you watch the game closely when you study, you see that the Dolphins played a lot of cover zero. They did a lot of simulated pressures where it looked like zero, they fell out, and it really gave Josh Allen and the pass protection problems where if you know anything about the Cincinnati Bengals, Lou Anarumo, he does that a ton. They are great at it, and they have probably a better lineup to be able to execute it. So it is one of the areas where the Buffalo Bills have to clean up. Josh Allen has to play better. But let's flip it on the other side. Defensively, you've talked about it. We've talked about it. Since Von Miller departed due to an injury, we wondered who are going to be the closers for the Buffalo Bills. Yesterday was great. Matt Milano stepped up, had two sacks from his linebacker position. But for this team to win against the heavyweights that are remaining in the AFC tournament, they are going to have to be able to close games out with the pass rush. So Ed Oliver, Greg Russo, um, Boogie Basham, someone is going to have to step up and be able to win one-on-one on the outside so they can get home to the quarterback and really change the way that the rhythm and the timing is going in the passing game. They weren't able to do it consistently enough against the Miami Dolphins. They have to up to Annie against their future opponents. All right, flip over the other side, Buck. Uh, the Dolphins takeaways. Let's go to the losing side of this thing and what it means going forward. Okay, man. So Bill Parcells has this saying, and it's gone on for years where he talks about Every game is winnable if you're willing to do the things that it takes to win, meaning the way that you call the game, the way that you manage the game, you have to do it. I am, I probably was more frustrated watching the Dolphins play because the game was there for them to steal. It was right there for them to steal. And for whatever reason, Mike McDaniel refused to play the game in a way that they could have walked out with it. Now, everyone on Twitter versus talking about, yeah, they were down 17-0 and they're doing it with a third string quarterback and yada, yada, yada. That is great. No more victories when it comes to the postseason. This game was right there. They're turning the ball over left and right, the Buffalo Bills, and the Miami Dolphins have a 24-20 lead. You're playing with a third-string quarterback, and I don't know why he's throwing the ball 45 times. Like, he's a third-string quarterback who's also a rookie. Don't put the ball in his hands so much because bad things are eventually going to happen. And third and a million, they throw a pass against cover two. I can't blame the quarterback because the quarterback is young. He's trying to make a play. If Mike McDaniel doesn't give the Buffalo Bills an easy opportunity to flip the game, maybe the Miami Dolphins win. And so for all of the offensive acumen that we thought the Miami Dolphins were getting from Mike McDaniels, they got some of that in the passing game. I thought I was going to get a guy who was more committed to the run, and I thought I was going to get a better guy when it came to strategy and tactics that we haven't seen. That inexperience crushed the Miami Dolphins. They have to live with that in the offseason. Yeah, and I think that strategy also comes into play defensively. And, you know, while, you know, sometimes you want to give, you know, some defensive coordinators credit for, you know, getting in there, you know, and, and being aggressive, you know, and running a lot of that zero stuff. And, you know, I know the Dolphins have done it quite a bit this year, and it's it's kind of come under some scrutiny with Josh Boyer leading the way there. And I look, well, I, maybe they hit a couple in this game, but I gave up way too much. You know, a couple of those touchdowns from Josh Allen came versus zero. And when you got, you know, players like Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis, you know, who can make those plays deep down the field and you're not getting home, you know, with the pass rush that you got to be so connected when you're putting your corners and your secondary players out on an island like that. So often in a game against high level playmakers like Diggs and company. And I, I just feel like 
if you got Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips and, and some of those guys getting after the passer off the edge, like, do you have to put the corners out there uh, on their own that much in, in these types of games when it's all on the line? So I don't know. I, I, I just think that uh, there, there might be some better ways to to go about getting some of that pass rush and generating some of that uh, pressure on the quarterback while still providing a little bit more support to your guys on the back end, DJ. Yeah, and then flip it over, you know, with the Dolphins offense. Skylar Thompson, hey, if you'd have told me going through the draft process that he would be starting games as a rookie, I'd have said you're crazy. If you'd have told me he'd be starting a playoff game on the road and put up 30 points and have a chance to win, um, I mean, that's an incredible job by him. So I want to make sure we give him all the respect and all the kudos and all the congratulations for what he was able to accomplish. Um, you know, it was great in the East-West game, and, man, he parlayed that into, uh, into having a really nice run here as a rookie. But this team has a dilemma you know, going into the offseason of what they're going to do. I mean, Tua, I know they said they're committed to Tua and they want to get him healthy and get him back out there, but you can't bank on that. And while I like Skylar Thompson, what he's able to do, I think you need to bring in another veteran. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is that guy. Um, I don't know that Teddy Bridgewater wants to be that guy. I think Teddy's content to kind of be a backup and, and and maintain that status as a backup. They need to find somebody uh, they can go in there. And I don't, you know, I don't know who that is, who that veteran would be, an Andy Dalton type. But they need somebody that that uh, that can get them through games, and maybe even has to get them through a whole season. Because I just don't know you can be confident uh, on Tua going forward that you're going to be able to have him out there. It, it, it is what it is. It's a, it's a tough deal. Uh, the last thing well, I'll say on the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Rhett. Yeah, I was just saying, like, if, if you're going to have a QB two like Teddy Bridgewater, he's got to be available. And I think there are multiple times this year when you know, and and through perhaps no fault of his own. But he's been so banged up, almost as banged up as Tua's been. And so that's why Skylar Thompson is in the, even in this position. And I think he showed enough to at least be considered as the quarterback, too, there in Miami. But you got Yeah, you got to figure out a way to have somebody that's reliable, you know, if and when you decide to, to continue to hitch that wagon to Tua as your starter. Yeah, that's the decision for them to make. Last thing on the game itself, man, get the play call in. I can't tell you, I'm screaming at the television at Mike McDaniel, get the play call in. Get this young quarterback up to the line of scrimmage. Every, and it wasn't just a five-yard penalty at the very end of the game that ended up costing him going from a fourth and one to a fourth and six. Mm. It was happening throughout the whole game where it was just such a rush. You've got a young quarterback. Just like snap, 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 snap the ball. Like, it made me nervous. It made Coffee nervous watching that game. Get the dang play mm-hmm. call in. That was frustrating uh, to watch. I don't know if they were having comms issues or what the deal was, but, man, that was a, that was frustrating to watch. Uh, from the couch. Uh, anyways, all right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about an NFC West clash between the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, the Brock Purdy Express continues to roll on. We'll get to that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, 
I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, welcome back to Move the Sticks here. Let's jump into the NFC West. Uh, this was a game that the 49ers uh, let the Seahawks hang around for a minute, and then they just put their foot on the gas and pulled away 41-23. The Niners went at home against the Seahawks. Uh, Rhett, I think we got to start with the quarterback there. What was your takeaway? Yeah, I mean, takeaway is that the dude just continues to impress. I mean, the fact that Brock Purdy's name is up there with uh, Joe Montana and Steve Young in terms of performances in a first career playoff game, I mean, says something for a kid that was drafted 262 overall. And look, I, I think the, the thing that I'm most impressed with is we've seen him. He is a fit for the system. Uh, he executes at a high level with what Kyle Shanahan asks him to do. But this was his first opportunity on a stage like this in a playoff game. And the first half, let's be honest, it wasn't great. Nine and 19, missed some throws. You know, they were out of sync a little bit. And even though, you know, this was a tight game for much of the first half and was at the break anyway. He comes back out after has a chat with Kyle Shanahan at the break. And he's like, Kyle's like, look, the plays are out there to be made. You just got to go make them. And we believe you can go make them. And, you know, Brock talked about that after the game. He's like, all right. Well, then he goes nine for 11 and they find the end zone. It turns into a blowout. I mean, like this, the mental toughness of a kid like that who could have easily gone into the tank when things weren't quite going. I mean, you should have seen the, the I mean, I'm sure you probably did. Like the commentary on Twitter was like, oh, clock, clock struck midnight on Brock Purdy. Um, you know, Cinderella turns into a pumpkin or whatever the fairy tale is uh, at that point. I mean, like it felt like like, oh, my gosh, this guy's, you know, he's never going to play again. Um, and then, you know what? Yeah, it picks up the pieces and finds his way back into the into the rhythm and into the game flow. And 
and absolutely shreds the Seahawks, throws for over 300, three touchdowns, no picks, doesn't turn the ball over, and, and then runs in a touchdown as well. I mean, like everything that the 49ers ask of Brock Purdy, he delivered, especially in that second half, guys. I'm just looking up turns into a pumpkin. Who was it again that turned into a pumpkin? Because I know I it forgot. wasn't Cinderella. I don't, um, okay. It was, uh, yeah. wasn't it? That, no, that's, uh, all right. I, look, one analogy is enough, okay? Like, you can't ask no, me. No, ha- this is the problem. Okay. This is We're your good. problem. We're good. Is that you get a little traction. We give you a little love. We give you a little leeway. Let's, let's let Rhett drift Come a little on. bit. And let's get a, a solid movie analogy. And then we, you just can't be content. Just be content. you got to win. you got to win earlier. we got the Black Knight. And then it, you, just, you just keep going. Dark Knight. You know, we just got to be content in life. Come on. All right, fine. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. Um, all right, Brock Purdy. This was a stat that our buddy Jack Andrade uh, with NFL Research put out there, and this was uh, wide open. So guys with five-plus yards of separation, Brock Purdy, 9-10, 179 yards, three touchdowns, no picks with a perfect passer rating. All other attempts, 9 for 20, 153 yards with a 71.5 uh, passer rating. And everybody, and a lot of people ran with this. It's a good nugget. It's a great stat from Jack. The, the reason why I'll give Purdy some, uh, some credit here one of the reasons why these guys are so wide open is because he's getting to number three and number four in the progression. Now, you can't do that if you don't have the offensive line, but he is processing very fast. And when we look for elite traits, and I necessarily see an elite trait physically with Brock Purdy, he does not have elite size, does not have elite arm strength, he's not an elite athlete. What he does have is he's an elite processor. And his ability to kind of be, as Bucky, you always say, kind of the joystick for the head coach, He's able to just operate that system and get bing, 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 three, four in the progression, balls out, and those guys are open. And one of the reasons they are open is because I was talking with Orlovsky on the phone about this yesterday, just the the versatility and the creativity. So you have the versatility of all these guys. Use check can play tight end, fullback. You got McCaffrey can play running back and receiver. Debo can line up in the backfield to slaughter out wide. All that versatility, George Kittle can do all these different things. It is, it is really allowing them to be tough to, to defend because you don't know how to, to identify their personnel groupings that they're putting out there because they can put all those guys in different places. Uh, long, long-winded way to say it's a, it's a unique group that they have there uh, with a play caller and a quarterback that fits. And so while we can say, I don't think you take Brock Purdy and just drop him into any offense and you're seeing anything close to what we're seeing right now, this is a perfect marriage for how he likes to play, uh, kind of being that joystick, as you like to say, Buck. Yeah, DJ, some of the things that we have to do uh, on TV are different than when you're working for a team. When you work for a team, it is always fit and scheme. How does this prospect fit within our scheme? And what you're seeing is Brock Purdy is a perfect fit for how the Niners want to play. And then it's the other pieces around him that also fit. So when you talk about the versatility of their offense, that was very intentional by Kyle Shanahan. All of these guys are hybrids in their own way. We talk about Debo Samuel being a running back slash wide receiver that can get it done. We talk about George Kittle being a hybrid because I think he's an offensive tackle and a wide receiver because he blocks so well and catches passes. You check and we can go down the line when it comes to Christian McCaffrey and some of these other guys. And so I think a big part of it is the vision of Kyle Shanahan working with the front office to make sure that they get the right pieces so he can kind of go in the kitchen and cook up the masterpiece that is this offense. It's really impressive to watch. Now I'm supposed to speak on the defense, and I'll say the defense has to play better. They can't give up the explosive plays. But really, when you play an offense like the Niners are playing offensively, it doesn't matter. The defense just has to make a few stops because right now Brock Purdy is cooking with gas. All right, first of all, my youngest daughter is almost 17, so I haven't seen the movie in a while. Um, but the uh, 
the turning into a pumpkin is from Cinderella, in which a pumpkin magically transforms into a coach uh, or and reverts back to a pumpkin yes. at midnight. Yes. So, it was a coach. Yes, the coach. Pumpkin. That's what it was. Come so on. you were close, Rhett. It's the so, coach. Yeah. It's not her. Yeah, it's that's the coach. close enough for me. That's close enough. It wasn't enough actually me. her. No. Well. Anyways, closer than I thought, to be honest with you. I thought you were way off on that one. It turns out, right, right, the, hey, hey, right neighborhood, wrong house. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I'm going to go to the other side of it here with Seattle. They just need more pieces, uh, especially in that front seven. Uh, Chen and has been a great find for them. I love what he brings to the table. They need more of them. They need to kind of clone him. They need two or three more real difference makers in that front seven, like some of the pieces they have on the back end. I thought Tariq Woolen. Thought that was a tough matchup for him in this game. Uh, they kind of re- got away from him a little bit uh, on some of those end cuts. But overall, unbelievable year for him. He'll be in the mix for Rookie of the Year. I like the pieces they have uh, to work with there. But, Buck, they need more blue players, more difference makers in their front seven. Yeah, now they have to have more blue players. Now, the good thing is the Russell Wilson trade certainly gives them enough opportunities to get more blues in that lineup. And the thing about it is now you have more blues. Imagine how much better Geno Smith can play. And it's kind of hard to imagine that he led the league in completion percentage, but he can get even better as this offensive line matures, as the running game continues uh, to develop with Kenneth Walker, and as DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett continue to deliver these explosive plays. The one position that I think they could target maybe a tight end is one of the things that Seattle has never really had, like a big playmaking tight end that can command the, the middle, command attention over the middle of the field, man, it would just open up the outside if you have someone that they also have to pay attention to. But yeah, I think they should continue to build around Geno Smith year, two years, whatever that looks like until they can find the perfect quarterback to take them into the next decade in Seattle Seahawks football history. Yeah, so let's look at that. Russell Wilson trade has essentially netted them the number five overall pick in this year's draft. And, uh, you know, they've got some need. They probably still need to continue to fortify the offensive line in front of Geno. But you get your two tackles last year, right? You're not moving off Cross and Lucas at left and right. So then we're talking about trying to upgrade the interior. I don't know if that fits at number five there. So, yeah, let's let's use DJ's plan and try to upgrade the the defensive front, particularly out on the edge. You know, they've tried that in recent years. Uh, you kind of go back to... Uh, like LJ Collier this past year with Boye Mafe, who might still turn into one of those really good players off the edge. But if you've got you know, the ability to make you know a, a big-time splash there at five with a guy who can get after the quarterback, go ahead and do it. So let's just assume you know, with those first four picks, even though the order is set, we feel like right now we have a pretty good idea of who those first four players are going to be. I don't know which order and, and which team is going to ultimately make the selection, but it feels like you're going to get C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, who just officially declared for the draft, by the way, C.J., Bryce Young, Jalen Carter, and then Will Anderson from Alabama. And so then you've got the Seahawks sitting there at five, maybe their choice of Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. D.J., know you're a big fan of, and we'll get to a lot of that here in the next couple yep. of weeks. Uh, you know, Maybe a guy like Miles Murphy. Uh, out of Clemson, like they feel like they're going to sit in a pretty good spot to get a high-level defender there at number five to help kind of help build uh, that team and build that defense back. Yeah, no, they're going to be in a great spot there. That's a trade that, man, you talk about a trade working out for you in the organization. Absolutely, the Russell Wilson trade, that's going to be paying off for a long time for John Schneider and Pete Carroll. Uh, all right, we're going to take one more break here. We're going to come back. We're going to finally get to the Move the Sticks Bowl here in the wildest yes. game of the weekend, hands down. Uh, Bucky's Jags, my Chargers, a crazy finish. We'll get to that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. 
So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. NFL Plus is here, which means no matter where you are, this is how you football. You can stream live, local, and primetime games on your phone or tablet, 45-minute game replays with NFL Plus Premium, and more. This is the NFL for every fan. This is football freedom. This is your game on the go. Go to plus.nfl.com and sign up now. All right, Buck, this was the game. It was great to see you out there in Jacksonville, man. First of all, butt cold in Florida. I did not know that we were going to... uh, now, we'd be playing in 30-degree weather. I did not look at the weather report before I left. Terrible move on my part. Um, but you survived down there on the sidelines in a wild game. You know, you hear the phrase, a tale of two halves. Uh, I don't know if it's ever been more appropriate than for this game right here. What do you think? Uh, it, it, one, I also didn't check the weather. DJ, to my surprise, it was much colder than I packed for. And the game, a long game, got a little, got a little cold on the toes. 
So, but that's neither here nor there. You're right. It was a tell of two halves, and it really was a tell of two halves for the franchise quarterback and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, one of the things that we have always talked about is the quarterback is not just the talent, it's the stuff on the inside. And I can tell you, Trevor Lawrence was definitely tested when it came to his courage and confidence. Four interceptions in the first half, uh, admittedly saying that he couldn't figure out what was going on, but then to respond after a four for 16 start with four interceptions to deliver four touchdowns, to bring the team back from a 27-point deficit speaks volumes about him. And it also speaks volumes about the belief that Doug Peterson has in his franchise quarterback. I don't know how many coaches would not have like at least pondered the thought like, man, do I need to sit him down just for a minute to let it slow down? But he stuck with him. Trevor Lawrence rewarded him for his patience uh, by delivering an outstanding performance in the second half that helped this team walk down the Chargers in a crazy game, probably one of the wildest games that I've ever been a part of. Yeah, I uh, I posted after the game, and look, really not after, just after this game, but watching all the games this weekend, that I thought the most underrated word and, ca- and kind of characteristic of championship football is where we are here in the playoffs is poise. Um, and that's not just poise on the field by your players, it's poise on the sideline with your coach. And this was, as you've seen all year long with this team, Buck, that was a microcosm of their season. I mean, this thing was headed down. Um, they were they were having a rough go, and Doug Peterson was calm and steady, and just in, in, instills confidence in this group. They turned their whole season around. He kind of spoke it into existence, talked about the crystal ball, and I see us playing in the last week of the season with everything on the line. And sure enough, uh, that's exactly what happened. They get into the postseason, and in this one, a game the Chargers are in complete control. Uh, I didn't think he panicked, and he didn't come out trying to, as we say, eat the sandwich all in one bite. They took the, what was there. It was pretty incredible to have that type of a comeback without really, you know, getting turnovers and short fields and quick scores and and really only kind of one explosive play over the top. It was just, you know, they they were a team that that is a rhythm passing team. The Chargers took that away um, in the first part of the game. They took away the space, and then the Chargers got a little conservative with their coverage and allowed this offense to get into a rhythm and see the ball go through the hoop, as we like to say. And once that happened, you had a play caller in Peterson and a quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Rhett. They got in a rhythm, and they they couldn't. The Chargers couldn't stop them the whole second half. They could not stop them. Yeah, and uh, look, I'll go back to what we saw. Remember, you know, I was talking about the draft class for the Bills, right? And how they kind of showed up and and had a real nice impact for them in that win over the Dolphins. Look at the free agency class and what they were able to do for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones all come to Duval in their first years this year. They combined. 38 targets in this game. And as I move my video over, there you go. 38 targets, 23 catches in this game, 345 yards, and each one of them had a touchdown. And then you go on the defensive side of the ball. Foye Aluakon uh, continues to have a, a huge impact, always around the football, 13 tackles. Arden Key, Foley Fadakasi, like they've got contributors on defense, and they found a stud in, in Aluakon. Rayshon Jenkins back in the 21 class has proved that he can be a big play guy here. Roy Robertson-Harris from the 21 class too, a nice depth piece. Like they've hit it out of the park on some of these free agent deals. And even though... There's still that narrative, oh, do they pay too much for Christian Kirk? Look, if you're going to be deep into free agency, you are going to pay. You are going to overpay. That's just the nature of free agency. But if those guys can produce, then it's worth it at that point for a team like that with the Jaguars. And um, they have definitely made it worth it uh, with a couple of those guys. And Evan Ingram is going to command some big money here after the the performance that he had in this game and, and in this season for Jacksonville. 
No doubt. And I want to return to a theme we've talked about earlier, which is kind of that focus, that championship focus and how one play can really kind of turn a game or decide a game. We talked about it in Baltimore, right? Huntley tries to jump over the top, exposes the football. It's a 14-point play. That's the ball game. Talk about Minnesota at the end. Kirk Cousins throws underneath the sticks, whether it's the play call, you don't like the design of it, what have you. You don't give yourself a chance to extend that football game. Miami, not getting the play call in, suffering a delay of game with the, with your season on the line. You go from a fourth and one to a fourth and six. These individual plays, and this is championship focus, both on the field and on the sideline, that's not there. Um, there was a play, and this is a late in the second quarter, a couple minutes to go. Chargers are facing a third and less than a yard. Now, keep in mind, as, as my partner Matt Money-Smith said at the time, Justin Herbert is 9-for-9 nine nine on quarterback sneaks on third or fourth and one or less. He is, over his career, 23-of-24 uh, converting quarterback sneaks. This is the playoffs. This is winner go home. Even though you have a comfortable 27 to nothing game, you quarterback sneak right there. If, even if you don't go on to score points, I believe they're at the, their own 30. Uh, even if you don't score points, you can eat up the rest of the clock. You're gonna the, the half's gonna end. You trot into halftime 27 nothing. You are absolutely choking the life out of this Jaguars team. They have they have no no hope at that point in time. Instead, Justin checks. Now he said it was an inside run call, and Herbert checked to this speed sweep. Now keep in mind, Mike Williams is not playing, so he's not in that spot. His backup, DeAndre Carter, got hurt in this game. So it's practice squatter Michael Bandy, who's been elevated, been up and down all year long. He, he, he doesn't even know what's going on. He doesn't even try and take the ball. So he gets the, the, the motion. He's surprised. He turns away from the football. It ends up being a fumble. They end up losing 10 yards. So not only do you not get the first down, you lose 10 yards of field position. The Jags end up going down, and they get that first touchdown at the end of the first half. And, Buck, that makes it 27-7. to It doesn't sound like a huge deal. It is a major difference. You go into that locker room saying, hey, guys, three scores. We need to get some stops. We're three scores down. We're going to get plenty of possessions to be able to come back in this ballgame. Um, so that was the biggest takeaway for me, that kind of one moment. And the other thing I'll add is you can say, and I get kind of the way the game's played right now, it's a passing league. And you can say, okay, if anything, we want to stop the pass. We want to limit the explosive pass plays. And that's how you play defense, great red zone defense. But this Charger team was historically bad against the run in terms of yards per carry. And it's been that way for a couple of years now, even though they've changed out some of the personnel. And this is two years in a row. Uh, but I guess, Rhett, you're up next here. But two years in a row. Last year, they have a, a fourth down with the Raiders. And the Raiders need a big chunk of yardage here. Uh, sorry, third down late in this ball game. He runs, Josh Jacobs, boom, runs right through Asante Samuel, ends up getting a bunch more yards. They get the first down and they end up kicking the game winning field goal, which eliminates the Chargers from the playoffs. Now you go again, fourth and one. They, they a great play call by Doug Peterson. Uh, they get to the perimeter. It's a push to crack buck. Asante Samuel ends up getting pulled inside, loses contain. There's nobody there for Travis Etienne off to the races. So their issues against the run on the, on the, ultimate play that decided their season two years in a row they couldn't get it done well look at the other side of that coin too i mean like if you had a little some semblance of a physical run game to just salt away some of that clock and help get some of those first downs extend some of those drives and punch in you know a touchdown you know he just one score like that into the second half and this is a different ball game and you know, th this is a Chargers team that through this, the end of this wildcard weekend with one game left to play, ran more offensive plays than anybody in football this year, yet had the second lowest run percentage. Now, I get that. You've got a generational type of quarterback with Justin Herbert. I get the allure of putting the ball in his hands a lot. 
But man, what, you're not even getting, you're not even, you know, middle third of the league in explosive pass plays. So like, I just feel like if you're going to have, and, and I get it, if, if you want to let, you know, Justin, you know, let Justin Herbert loose, let him throw the ball a bunch, fine. But when you need it, you got to be able to find the run game. And also understand they've had some, you know, issues up front with the offensive line being banged up. But man, you got to be able to extend some drives, work some clock, especially as you're up 27, nothing at that point. You know, I know it's still first half, but man, you get into the second half, you're still up two, three scores. You got to be able to work some clock on the ground. And the Chargers just have not been able to do that really at all this year outside of maybe that Browns and Rams game. Yeah, Red, I'm glad you took that. So I don't always get accused of being the old man on the lawn screaming for teams to run the football. <laughs> but one of the things that happens, because everyone talks about this as if playoff football doesn't change. When you look at playoff football, it becomes about situational control. It becomes about game management, and the running game plays a part in that. Also, if you're Brandon Salem, you're going to talk about your team as a tough, physical, gritty team. You have to have a physical element to that, and that is, that is displayed in the running game defending it and also running it. And so they have to get better at that part of it. I'll say this, and it, it kind of goes back to a bigger theme when it comes to inexperience in these games in terms of how you win games or whatever. And so both you guys have pointed out things and situations that were critical uh, to the Chargers' demise. But one thing that we have to talk about is in that situation, Brandon Staley had thrown up a defensive masterpiece the first half. Trevor Lawrence was completely confused, couldn't understand what was going on. The picture was changing, meaning it looked like they were playing man, but then at the snap, they would go zone. It looked like they're playing zone, and they would do some matchup man-to-man stuff where they were switching off guys and taking care of all the things that the Jaguars have been successfully able to do offensively. And then inexplicably, in the second half, they stopped. They played like little toy soldiers on the perimeter in a cover two defense that looked like they were playing seven on seven. And what they did is they allowed Trevor Lawrence to get a rhythm. And so uh, as much as coaching is about the tactics and schemes or whatever, but sometimes, man, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> like make the other team prove that they yeah. can defeat what you're doing on that demon day. And if they can't, you walk away with the win. But sometimes changing for the sake of changing ultimately undermines and compromises your ability to win games. Yeah. And again, another theme that we talked about earlier, talked about the word poise. Joey Bosa completely lost his poise, and you can look, you can oh, attribute man, that so to, bad. you know, this is at least an overtime game. At least you're going to get a shot here in overtime, but you put that ball on the one-yard line. Doug Peterson says he would not have gone for two if not for that penalty, but Joey Bosa slamming his helmet down, and next thing you know, that kick at the end of the game ends the game, doesn't send it to overtime. So losing your poise is something you cannot do. It's that play-by-play focus, and that needs to be the case for everybody on the field as well as on the sideline. I think that was a lesson you can learn here from uh, Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, this has been a fun one. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Again, uh, we'll be back later this week. We're going to start jumping into some draft talk. It's that time of year. Man, Chargers are done. i got nothing to do now but study draft, guys. So uh, we'll, we'll jump into that. Bucky's still got to keep working, man. Keep those Jags going. Uh, see if they can extend their season. That's going to do it. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time right here on Move the Stick. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.